podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Monday during an international break in which David Ornstein has dropped a story in The Athletic this morning saying that Liverpool are now unlikely to sign Jude Bellingham. This has, of course, led to many's the meltdown on social media. And uh, I thought it makes the ideal content for today. So let's dig into this. So let's start with David Ornstein. It's worth acknowledging that David Ornstein was wrong, kind of, about the sale of Liverpool. However, David Ornstein is, without question, the most reliable journalist in England. When it comes to transfer-related stories, David Ornstein is on a level all to himself. He is unimpeachable. His track record is outstanding. And he is not one who deals in clickbait. Let's be very clear on that. David Ornstein does not deal in clickbait. If Ornstein is saying it's unlikely that Liverpool will sign Jude Bellingham, that is well-sourced information. So where does that leave us? Well, firstly, we've written off this season largely to wait for Jude Bellingham. Or at least that was the copium that people were drinking when we didn't sign anybody last summer. When we tried for Chuamani, couldn't get the deal done, and then sat on our hands, and Jürgen embarrassed himself in countless interviews with laughing sycophants talking about, tell me what type of midfielder we need, tell me why people need we say we need a midfielder. We very clearly needed not one, but two midfielders going into this season. We needed one last season, and that one would have made the difference or could have made the difference between what was ultimately a disappointment, finishing second and losing a European Cup final, and the possibility of what could have been an unprecedented historic quadruple. That one midfielder could and likely would have made the difference. Going into this season, we needed two. We didn't sign any. And we currently sit sixth. We're very lucky to sit sixth. We don't deserve to be sixth. We should be somewhere closer to 10th or 11th. Alison Becker has single-handedly kept us alive. So, does that factor? The fact that we wrote off this season, we put all our eggs in the Jude basket, 
And now it looks like the price is going to be beyond us. But that's not really an excuse because the price has been the price for two years now. Everybody knew Jude was going to be somewhere in that 110 to 130 million pound range. If Liverpool thought they could get a deal done cheaper than that, that was foolish. If Liverpool thought they could get a deal done where other teams would back away, that was also foolish. Because Dortmund are under no obligation to sell Jude. Dortmund don't need to accept less from us because maybe that's what the player favours. If we offer 90 million and City offer 140, Dortmund aren't accepting our offer. Now, Jude can turn down City, can turn them down all he wants. But Dortmund aren't going to sell him to us for so much less when he still has two years left on his contract. Now, maybe you wait it out and sign him in 2024. And Dortmund likely will be quite happy with that, even if it costs them a significant chunk of money. Because remember, Dortmund only paid $26 million for Jude. So everything on top is profit. It's going to be huge amounts of profit. They held out on Sancho because they didn't want to sell him at a certain time. They got less money, not by much, but they got less money by holding on to him for a year. But they qualified for the Champions League again, and that made up the difference. More than made up the difference, as it would with Jude. Without Jude, this Dortmund team are probably fifth in the Bundesliga. With Jude, they're challenging for the title they'll likely finish second because Bayern are Bayern and Bayern will will win the league. But Dortmund don't need to sell them. So if we had this idea that we're going to offer less, convince the player, and the player will force it, that's not going to work with Dortmund because Dortmund aren't Southampton. Dortmund are a much bigger club than Southampton. And Dortmund will make up the shortfall with Champions League money if they keep him for an extra year. Or Jude might just say, you know what? I'll go to City. They're the ones willing to pay 100, 140 million. Real Madrid are willing to pay 130. They're not bad clubs. I'll go there. The thing is, for me, our midfield has been so neglected for the last four years. And we need so much reinforcement in that midfield. Like, let's be honest, we need an entirely new starting midfield. We need three brand new starters. And we could do with a fourth for depth. You add Fabinho, you add Thiago, you add Basetic. There's your, there's your seven-man midfield group. And that's what you move forward with. They're the only midfielders at the club worth keeping. And Fabinho is very questionable. Personally, I'd be in favour of moving him on this summer. But that would then need a fifth midfielder coming in the door. We need four midfielders this summer. So spending £120 on Jude, when you have a finite budget, really doesn't make sense because you're going to leave yourself short in other areas. So I'm fine with not signing Jude, other than the fact that we've just wasted a season 
That's unacceptable regardless, Jude or no Jude. There's no excuse for what's going on this season. And that sits at the, the feet of the manager. The manager is to blame for this season. He made the decisions in the summer. He messed up preseason. He didn't get the job done the first part of the season. He didn't do what was necessary in the World Cup break. Didn't do what was necessary in the January transfer window. And he's the one failing to get this team playing at an acceptable level since football came back after the World Cup. That's all on him. And you can blame Linders and you can blame the medical staff. They're all his people. They're all his people. He's the one that brought them to the club. We've seen articles come out about Linders and about Cornmire this season. They weren't just made up. They were leaked. Information from within the club was leaked to journalists regarding those two. They're Klopp's guys. He brought them to the club. Linders was there. He promoted Linders. He brought him back to the club and promoted him and gave him all this extra power, gave him more input. So if there's issues with him, that's Klopp's fault. If there's issues with Kornmeyer, again, that's that's on Klopp because Jürgen brought him to the club. Jürgen gave him the power on the medical side of things. So the failures of this season are on Jürgen. The obsession with Jude stems from Jürgen. And if we were getting Jude as the final piece of the puzzle, that would be perfect. If you already had your midfield fixed, if you had the squad depth you need in defence and in midfield and potentially one more in attack, and then you were adding Jude, that would be the ideal scenario. But we don't have any of that. Going into this summer, we need four midfielders. We might need one in attack because Bobby's going. Jota may leave and... His form has been fairly atrocious all season. There's still question marks, obviously, over what Darwin's role is going to be. Question marks over what kind of version of Diaz we'll get back after the injury. Question marks over what Gakbo's fit will be. Question marks over what Harvey Elliott's future is what his position's going to be. Same goes for Fabio Carvalho, same goes for Curtis Jones. You've got all these questions about these attacking midfielders and and attackers. And then you've got that midfield, which needs major surgery. But then you've also got defensive issues. You need a better backup right back. With respect to Calvin Ramsey, he's a child and shouldn't have been put in that position. And he hasn't been fit all season. He suffered a major injury. We need a backup for Trent. We need someone that will give him real competition. I would be moving Costas on and getting somebody else in to be real competition for Robbo and potentially even replace Robbo because uh, I think he's been poor this season. I, his effort's been fine, but the performance level's been poor, well below what's needed. Gomez and Matip should both be moved out the door and we should be bringing in backup quality backup centre-backs, one of whom should have the potential to become a starter and to eventually replace Van Dyke as that left-sided option. And if Kelleher goes, then we need to replace him. We should be upgrading on Adrian as well or bringing in someone more suited to the role, someone that actually benefits us in some way or another, even if that's just that they're homegrown and not taking up 
a non-homegrown spot. So we've got lots and lots to do this summer. Which means that spending 120 million or whatever on Jude just isn't smart business. Because if we sign Jude and neglect everything else, that just piles on to what we need to do next summer. When potentially Mo will move on, when potentially Tiago moves on because his contract will be up. So you're just kicking the can down the road. Now, Liverpool have kicked the can down the road multiple times, which is how we find ourselves heading into this summer where we need to do so much. Where we need eight or nine new additions. Now, you're not going to do that all in one summer, obviously. So that's a summer January, summer 24 job. That's a three-window rebuild, which means that next season is going to be what people tried to claim this season was. Next season's going to be a season of transition. This season is a season of failure. No matter what way you dice it up, this is a season of failure. Nobody, and I mean nobody, before the season claimed that this was going to be a season of transition. Not one person. Nobody. Not the manager, not the journalists that cover the club, not the fan base. Nobody said this looks like a season of transition for Liverpool because they were all too arrogant based on last season and ignored the issues in the squad. Oh, well, the same midfield that got within two games of winning everything, but they didn't. They didn't win everything. They failed to win the league. They failed to win the European Cup. You might be happy with second. You might be happy with losing finals, but I'm not, and most of the fan base aren't. So you can have your domestic cups and they're all lovely and nice and shiny and that's great. You can have your little parades. But ultimately, at the two competitions that matter, you came up short and you didn't address the issues. But everybody, to a man, said Liverpool will compete for the major honours again this season. And we haven't. We're sixth in the league. We've been dumped out of the European Cup. We're out of both domestic cups. One of them's already over. An average Arsenal team are top of the league. A bang average United are third. A bad Spurs are fourth. City are well below their level. They're second. This league is crap. Utter crap this season. And we're still in sixth. And the fact that we've been so bad and are in sixth is part of what shows how bad this league is. Forgetting that 45% of the league could very easily be relegated and make no complaints or say they were unfortunate to be relegated. The league is awful. And if we'd done what was needed in the summer, we could well be walking away with this league. We should be walking away with this league. This is one of the three worst, weakest league seasons in the last 20 years of the Premier League. It is absolutely shocking how poor the league is, top to bottom. But our arrogance... And by our, I mean your manager, journalists, part of the fan base. That is what has cost us this season. The belief that players who very clearly were no longer useful last season could somehow be useful this season has cost us. And we've had the likes of Virgil come out and say, we need new signings. Multiple times Virgil said that. Multiple times. 
we've had Alison come out and talk about the attitude, the effort. We've had others make excuses about injuries, but let's talk about the injury issues for a quick second before we get back to Jude. Yes, we've had the most games missed through injury this season. How many of those games missed were Naby Keita, Oxlade-Chamberlain and Curtis Jones? How many of them? Because all three of them have been fit for a while now and don't get any game time. So it's nice and easy to point at games missed through injury. But when you really look at it, those three wouldn't have been playing a whole lot anyway. Neither would Calvin Ramsey, who's also missed a bunch of the season, or basically all the season. So that number is a little bit fake. It's not really worth putting too much into. You've got four players that would barely have played. So throw them out and then look at the injury situation. We lost Diaz, we lost Thiago, we lost Jota. Virgil missed a couple of games. Ibu's the only other one who's had problems. Ibu missed a ton of games. Ibu, Diaz, Thiago, Jota. Yeah, it's not great, but other teams have had plenty of injuries as well. They've been able to deal with them and we haven't. So back to Jude. We need to do all of this this summer. Suspending 120 million on one player, not a good idea. But... If that money is instead used on, let's say, Mount, who I like, I think he's a very good player. Nunes, who I like, I think he's a very good player. And Gravenberch, who's very talented, has a questionable attitude, a questionable desire to play the game. That's not the best use of that money. Because that doesn't solve our ball-winning issue in midfield. That doesn't solve our defensive issue in midfield. That is three number eights. It doesn't solve our number six problem. If it was Mount, Nunes, and let's say Kefren Turam and Manu Kone, if that was the four, that makes sense to me. Kefren can do everything. Manu can do everything, but they're both excellent ball winners. Mount and Nunez as eights. Kefren can play as an eight. Manu can play as an eight. So you can still play Fabinho with any combination of them if he's still at the club. But the concern here is that the money will be spent badly because the very smart people that were identifying the players and signing the players have left the building or are on their way out. Ian Graham, Michael Edwards. You see, it's very easy to give Jürgen all the credit for what's taken place over the last seven, eight years. And he does deserve huge amounts of that credit. However, Michael Edwards and Ian Graham, in terms of talent identification and recruitment, and the deals that Michael Edwards was able to put together, they're just as big a factor of the team building as Jürgen's part of it. Now, Jürgen then has to shape the team and make it a functional team on the pitch and get results. That's all him. All of that is him. 
I'm just talking about the actual recruitment side of things. Jurgen's role in this is 33%. Now, with Edwards gone, with Graham leaving, and stories that a big part of why they've left is that they felt they were no longer been listened to, Jurgen seems to have a much bigger chunk of the involvement in recruitment. And he can say, oh, the process hasn't changed all he wants, but it clearly has. And Julian Ward has now agreed to go to Ajax. There's a reason Julian Ward is walking away after a year and immediately taking up another job. It's because he's not been listened to. Well, who's not listening to him? Most likely the manager. So... Not signing Jude can be the best thing for us if that money is used properly. If we took the 120 million that was tagged for Jude and signed, let's say, Moises Caicedo and Manuel Ugarte, we would be better off than if we just signed Jude. But if we take that money and we sign Mount... Nunes and Gravenberch. Yes, we're better off, but no, we haven't fixed our issues. We've still got problems in that midfield. And you might just have compounded them ever so slightly by adding three extra number eights to what's going to be a logjam because of Jürgen, because he's still going to play the captain. He wants to keep the vice captain. He's got Thiago to play there. He's got to use Basetic there as well because he's not a six. So you've just got Fabinho as the only number eight. Or the, sorry, the only number six at the club. Now, it will be better than it has been this season, but it does create a big issue around Fabinho. We don't need to spend all the money on Jude. But it will be embarrassing not to get him, given the amount of noise and smoke that there's been. It'll be particularly embarrassing for some people that have just adamantly claimed we were going to sign him all along. It'll be embarrassing for the manager because he's put a lot into trying to get Jude. But Jude was only ever a sensible deal if that money was set to one side and wasn't going to affect the rest of the transfer budget. And unfortunately, under these owners, that was never going to be the case. Now, the question is, with these owners, if we miss top four, is that then their excuse for not spending? We know there'll be an excuse one way or another. There's always an excuse with these people. They never want to spend money. But if Jürgen has been made promises, then Jürgen needs to get public about this. And Jürgen needs to get loud and he needs to get aggressive about this because he's complicit in not spending the money as well. He's complicit in resting on his laurels. He's complicit in allowing FSG to be as cheap as they are. And he needs to get sorted. But like I say, I'm, I'm not up in arms about not signing Jude. Because I would rather sign Caicedo and Ugart with that money. Because that will improve us more. Because you put the two of them with Thiago, that's a really good midfield. 
That's a really good midfield. You could even add a Gravenberch in there for 25, 30 million. You could go and sign whatever other third midfielder. Manu Kone, go all legs, all aggression, all ball winning. You could do whatever you want on top of it. But if you get those two, those two give you your six and your left side at eight. Although I'd, I'd rather see the defensive one play on the right. Uh, this thing of playing the attacking midfielder on the right is is problematic. I know people get very excited about the build-up play with Trent and Mo, but it leaves us open defensively, and we're not as strong down the right as we are down the left from a defensive point of view. We never have been. We've always been weaker on our right defensively because Henderson's never been a good defensive player. Mo's not a particularly good de- defensive player. And Trent, Trent is an average defender. He's not crap. He's not great either. He's about average as a defender. Last season, he was above average. But over the course of his career, he's been about an average defender. Whereas on the left, we had Sadio, who's defensive monster, Ginny, who was a defensive monster, and Robbo, who's a better defender than, than Trent. We also had Virgil as opposed to... Matip or Gomez or Lovren or whoever the fuck you want. And Virgil is and has always been levels above any of those. Now, Ibu helps on the right, but he needs more help. But not signing Jude could turn out to be the best thing for us because it could enable us to actually spread that money out and actually fill the needs that we have as opposed to spending the entire midfield budget on Jude. And let's say it's Jude and Nunes. Let's say that's the two. Let's say for 170 million, we get those two. Yeah, we're better, but our midfield is not fixed. There's still issues in our midfield. Whereas you use that 170 million and get, say, Kone recently priced at about 25. Gravenberch, I think 25 probably gets him. 45 for Ugarte, 75 for Caicedo. There's your 170 million spread out significantly better with four young midfielders who are malleable and can be used in different sets and shapes. You can fit basically any two of them with Thiago, any two of them with Fabinho. If you want to get uber defensive some games, play Ugarte as the left-sided, eight, Caicedo as the right-sided, or Kone as the right-sided. And Fabinho as the as the number six, you could fit uh, Stefan in with that group if you needed to carry Henderson for a game. Two of them could do that job. If you wanted to throw Harvey in there for a game because you're a sadist, two of them could carry Harvey from a defensive point of view as well. So getting those four makes sense makes more sense to me anyway than just Jude and Nunes. And you can make the argument that Jude is a better individual player than any of the four I've suggested. I'm not going to argue against that, but the collective is what's important here. And the collective power of Caicedo, Ugart, Kone and Gravenberch is significantly more than Jude and Nunes. And again, Nunes is a very good player. It's not like he's a bad player at all, but we don't fix our issues just signing two midfielders. Anyway, uh, 
this is Anfield have a piece up about a couple of leaked kits for next year. There's a piece about Mason Mount. There's a picture of Trent and Jude Bellingham doing the rounds. Five priorities for Jurgen Klopp during Liverpool's 17-day break. A trip to Boston to wring the neck of the owner should be fairly high on that. Uh, Luis Suarez reveals heartfelt tribute for Lucas Leiva after scoring for Gremio. Lucas Leiva forced to retire recently. Um, Suarez, of course, joined Gremio to play with Lucas, who's one of his closest friends. Ben Doak update his head injury rules Liverpool winger out of Scotland ties. That's not great. Uh, Joey Barton was left feeling cheated by the referee in a 2-0 loss to Portsmouth that saw Liverpool loanee Gerald Kwanzaa sent off. Uh, Kwanzaa was sent off, I think, for a headbutt. But it, 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 all, it all seemed a bit of a fuss over nothing, to be totally honest. Um, yeah, there's, there's plenty of stuff on This Is Anfield, plenty of stuff on Liverpool.com. Um, there's a piece about Gavi. There's a piece about Diaz, Mickey van den Veen, who's a centre-back that's been linked with us. Very, very talented Dutch centre-back. However, he does lack aggression, and he's not particularly good in the air. He's a bit like a six-foot-four, left-footed Joe Gomez. Um, Very talented. Very, very talented. But the lack of aggression and dominance in the air is a small concern. Now, he is very young, and potentially those things can be coached into him. Um, what age is Mickey van der Veen? He is 21. He'll be 22 in April. He's really, really good. Like, really, really good. But, yeah, he's not very good in the air. 48%, I believe, is his, is his aerial win rate. Let's get this up uh, while we have it here. He is left-footed, which is something that they're looking for. Um, He's good on the ball. You know, he's very comfortable on the ball. He's a good defender 1v1. He's got decent pace. Reads the game really well. But his aerials... Oh... He's only winning 50.8% of his aerials. And he's only contesting about 2.4 a game, which is like for for comparison, uh, the, the Garden Gnome at Manchester United is, is winning 56.5%. Contesting around the same amount. So, you know, that's not that's not good at all. Um because he's garbage in the air. He's actually it's embarrassing in, in, how poor he is in the air. But yeah, Mickey Van de Veen, there's no excuse for him. He's eight inches taller or seven inches taller than than Martinez. Um 
talented, but I, I just I don't see it with him. Not for us. Not at the moment. Not at the moment. Uh, plenty of other stuff that you can get through yourself. On AnfieldIndex.com, we've got a bunch of new articles. Uh, Tony Evans dropped his uh, column, Klopp Needs to Start Inspiring the Players. That came out, I think, on Friday, so do check that one out. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Nothing More Than a Blip, written by Young Henrold. I hope he's right. Hopes for the international break. Uh, This was written by David Davis. Could Enzo Lafie become the new Thiago understudy? Uh, Written by Stephen Smith. Uh, no more small midfielders is the the rule that I'm enforcing from now on. No more small midfielders. Only big bastards who can win the ball. Uh, he wins the ball a ton, but he's small and he will get pushed around the Premier League. He's going to end up at Bournemouth. Like, Bournemouth are the club that are currently closest to signing him. We shouldn't be competing with Bournemouth for signings. Uh, scouting report, Mason Mount, uh, written by David Davis, and a piece about Jude Bellingham, also written by David Davis. So check those out. That is all I have for today, folks. There are podcasts up, including a Euro Incision and an Anfield Index podcast. There's more to come. We're going to record a scouted today. We'll get as much content put together for you over this international break as is possible. And uh, yeah, I'll see you all tomorrow. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.